to forging of indignant Dreaming about a premiership cup We love our clubs but they never win Two flags in one hundred years That shit house if you think we'll be insightful Clever or just well researched We're here to say that's not the case We'll just go out and wing it We are two guys, one cup Hello and welcome to Two Guys, One Cup Summer Edition. My name is Charlie Clawson and this series is called My Club. And this week's guest is someone you may have heard on the show before. Uh, he filled in for Will a couple years ago and he also appeared on stage last year after watching the Giants get smashed by Richmond in the grand final. I'm talking, of course, of Alex Williams. He's an actor. You might know him better as Julian Assange or maybe Kurt Pengilly from those respective telly movies. He's also currently appearing in The Heights, but he's a GWS supporter. And as I've found out doing research for this show, it's very hard to get supporters of expansion clubs. Um, but if you have heard those previous episodes, you know that Alex is a dyed-in-the-wool, tried-and-true, one-eyed, giant supporter. So, let's get to it. Here's Alex Williams. Alex, you've been on the show before. Um, you filled in for Will. Uh, you very bravely took to stage... Um, I wasn't there, uh, it was when my baby was born, but you took to stage with Adam and Michael and Will after your team had lost a grand final. Now, we had Scott Dooley on a couple of weeks ago, and he sort of spoke through what that was like. And, and he said that because he'd found out that week his father had cancer, luckily it didn't take top spot, <laughs> but it could have. What, what was it like for you getting on stage after watching your team get pumped in a grand final? It, it took top spot. Um, <laughs> that week? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, that uh, yeah, that's pretty rough. Um, no, like I mean, it sucked. It it like it was awful because you kind of, I'd had such a good final series up to that point. I was shooting a show in Perth, and I just got like three, four weeks off, and it just lined up with the finals. So I missed the Bulldogs game, but then I flew around like a true nuffy, and I flew around Australia and went to uh, went to Brisbane somehow managed to snag a last minute ticket wow and and then i was watching with a bunch of randoms um around me in a very small pocket of giant supporters and uh yeah it was electric that stadium's really loud i'm talking about all the positive stuff (laughs) (laughs) but like it's really loud like it when that was sort of talking about oh you know having the grand final there and i was going it is loud. They were saying it's loud. It, it is. Mm. But that was electric. That was like a last minute hold on. And then the next week we had the Collingwood one and we all know how that went. Mm. So it was just like I was traveling a lot. I was flying back and forth. I was seeing p- the same people at the airport and sort of pointing at each other. And You know what you like? You're, so, like? you're like, you know, the deadheads, the guys who follow the Grateful Dead around. You know how they've been doing it for like 30 years or something? You and your <laughs> yeah. GWS Yeah, I mean, I, I really, I really leaned into uh, – the fandom, but um, yeah, and then to kind of have that trip down to Melbourne, I was there with a couple of mates, and we'd all got tickets together, and um, some we'd stuffed it up, so we were all separate. And uh, that first quarter, it was just like, you know, uh, Jeremy Cameron kicked that first goal right in front of me, like it was right in front mm. of me. And I went, oh, this could be good. And then <laughs> I think at the end of the end of the first quarter, dun, Rioli dun, came and kicked like dun, unbelievable dun. goal, like half a second before the thing. And I went, oh no. Like I yeah. could just you could just feel it. And the Richmond fans started going mental. And we were like, oh no. And then it just it just got worse and worse as we got pumped. So I think you and I can probably relate on that because we have both seen our teams get pumped in a grand final by one of the largest Victorian teams. I was there when Collingwood beat us in the replay and you were there for Richmond. I'd be interested to know uh, what was a more traumatic (laughs) experience because I remember hearing the Collingwood like early in the third quarter because that's how, you know, that was when it was over. And... That sort of haunted me. Was there a similar kind of, was there a yellow on black or was there some kind of lasting traumatic? There's this great moment, which I've never been to a grand final before. So this was my first grand final and there's things that happened that I didn't realize. Like I was quite low, like I was maybe three rows back from the, from the field. And what they do in the last quarter is when they know they're going to win, all of them get 
they just start coming in like a slow wave down all the aisles and they basically just take all the seats of the supporters that oh, from wow. the other team. So they just get up and get, because they want to be down there and take yeah. photos with the players and all that kind of stuff. But what it felt like was just a <laughs> bunch of people <laughs> in Richmond gear, like slowly just going, get the out of our stadium. Swear, it's fine. And that's pretty much the message. Um, no, but yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was awful. I mean, it was an awful day. We sort of, once that we, once that had finished, we kind of went, me and my friends just sort of meandered into town and mm. got a beer and went, do you want to be doing this? I'm like, oh, not really. So we got, you know, a bunch of wine and cheese and watched old grand finals and got um, pretty drunk. I remember after the Saints draw, no, the, the, the Saints lost to Geelong the year before. I was so drunk by like 7 p.m. that night. I was back at a friend's place in St Kilda and I was messy as and I was stumbling out to a cab and I was hanging onto the wall in the nature strip like wondering, like, do I just throw up now and get it out of the way or do I just <laughs> take the cab ride home and get it out and drink yeah. as much water as I can? Because it's just been a horrible day. <laughs> and as I'm doing that, I hear like scuffling in the bushes and I see this some um, dude with like a prostitute and he comes out and like stares at me and then I get all righteous. I'm like, oh... Oh, I'm the disgusting one, am I? I'm the one who should be embarrassed spewing into the <laughs> into the gutter. But then I was like, this is where this day has led me. <laughs> this is where this day has led me. I haven't got I have not been able to watch that grand final again. Have you been tempted, curious at all to go back and see what happened? Absolutely not. Right. No. I know what happened. Like we got out there. I think we got overawed by the moment. I also think going into it. You know, you could say we played our grand final two weeks, you know, for two weeks leading up to it. But we were also just injured and in a lot of pain. And you just kind of went, ah, I just don't think we're going to get over the line. It felt like that. It felt like you had played three grand finals in a row. Yeah, he was gone. Because we went out and we Mm. were super physical against the Bulldogs as well. And, you know, it comes at a cost playing that kind of football. And I think, uh, yeah, you know, Sam, you know, I, I remember this moment just seeing like Sam Taylor won out against Dusty in, in the Ford 50 and you're going, oh, no. Like Sam Taylor's a great <laughs> young player, but he's a fantastic defender. But you just go, that's yeah. just not going to, that's not it. That's not it. I mean, it is a pretty tough opponent to come up against in your maiden grand final appearance because who knows how far Richmond are going to go. Like, you know, it's it's three out of the last four, but I could see them very easily taking another one. So if that happens, then I think maybe GWS supporters should feel a little better because you basically, you know, you stepped out in front of like a freight train as it was leaving the station. Yeah. It would go on to plough through three more three more cars, <laughs> so don't worry about it. We just really needed to beat the Bulldogs in 2016 before it hit us, you know. As yeah. it's coming, the freight train is going, oh, let's just sneak a quick one in here, but that didn't didn't work for me, so, you know. Now, I remember in grand final week just uh, sending a couple of texts back and forth and um, it was interesting because uh, the, the tone of your text and your, your kind of, um, you know, the, the excitement and the optimism and all that kind of stuff I remembered because grand final week in Melbourne is, is awesome. Like it's, it's, the, it's the best time of the year to be in Melbourne because it's carnivalesque. Like it feels like everyone's a football fan for that week and there's, so, there's a parade and there's so much press to read and all that kind of stuff. And as I was texting you, I was like, oh, this is kind of weird, like that, that Alex is so excited about it. And then I remembered your very unique history, which is that you were actually once a Richmond supporter. I knew that. And you climbed off that train mm. right before <laughs> Richmond became who Richmond are, uh, are now. So, like, it's, it's just, a, it just struck me as what a weird, like a weird position to be in, like that you're experiencing this thing for the first time. Did any part of you... Is it like seeing your ex-girlfriend and you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> just things have turned out really good for her. No, it's kind of like, I, yeah, I, 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 I killed the Richmond me a long time ago. You know, it's kind of that feeling of being like, he's dead. He's dead. He's never coming back. Um, I went 100%, um, you know, when I moved to Sydney and, and the, the year that the Giants started. And it was one of those things where my relationship with football was I liked 
football. I'd picked a team as a kid, but I had no connection to it. I was, like I, I knew a couple of the players and I was, you know, I, I would I would follow it. And every time I'd come go to Melbourne, people would be like, oh, you're Richmond. You know, it was just sort of that schoolyard mm. thing. But there was never the kind of investment or care um, that I have, have have had for the Giants. So it was one of those things where, you know, people especially who knew me from when I was uh, little – would be kind of going, ah, oh, you know, it's Richmond, and you go, yeah, but it's it, to me at, at that point, it would, could have been. There was no, could have been any club. I mean, it's a, I've, it's, it's a bit harder because it is them, and I used to go for them. <laughs> but I, you know, like I identify so much as a, as a giant supporter that it, you know, I was just disappointed we didn't beat them because they beat us in 2017 as well in a prelim, and I was in LA for that and ready to fly back for a grand final, and so they, yeah, I'd like to be. Well, this is the. The, the amazing thing about um, giant supporters, like I've been to a game with you and I talked about it on the regular Two Guys, One Cup, where I was really, really impressed with giant supporters. Like it felt like even though there was people there who were the, new to the game, it was very passionate and very serious about their football. There was a lot of kind of expats from Victoria and WA and stuff who'd obviously adopted them. But there was this sense of kind of, I don't know what the word is, but... Um, there wasn't it wasn't a novelty. Like you can see, even in the early days of seeing the Swans play at the SCG, or you know, I imagine what it's like seeing the Gold Coast. There's like an element of this is a bit of a novelty. But GWS take themselves very seriously, and fans like you, it's so interesting to talk to you because in even in their recent history, the way you talk about the culture of the club, old rivalries, you know, teams you have a chip on your shoulder about, all this kind of stuff has happened in a matter of what less than. A decade? Yeah. 20, oh, if you think about like our first year was 2012, so less than a decade. Yeah, unbelievable. That's pretty incredible that a team can do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, sure, you haven't won the grand final yet, but I think it's really impressive what GWS, maybe if you're outside of Sydney, you don't really see it. If you're just watching from Victoria or WA, you might sort of think it is a, a similar situation to the Gold Coast. But you go to a GWS game, and it, you know, this is and this is not to diminish the experience, but it reminds me of going to see like, um, you know, the VFA or the Waffle in WA where it's like it's a it's a super high standard, but the crowd is smaller, yep. you can get around, like it's not it's not that, um, you know, you've got to set aside like five hours to, you know, drive through traffic to Punt Road or whatever. Yeah, it's, I think it's, that, just, it's a much more accessible experience. I think that's why I fell in love with it so quickly because it was at the start, it was kind of just like going to a country football game. But everyone there at the very beginning was there because they were – football fans and expats or old swans fans or you know coming from all over the shop and then the energy is so good and the like you know when you're in the crowd that's let's good talk and the energy ha- like within the club <laughs> is we're young we're proud we work really hard and you can tell that they yeah. kind of brought in the right people at the right time you know so it's, it's sort of got mm. a great feeling about it and and you know um sort of the upper levels of the club and 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 the media team and all that kind of stuff are really good at just connecting early getting you in because they have to be that's their competitive mm. edge i think as a club is be you know when you don't have i've been watching the crown lately <laughs> <With, laughs> yeah, right. but you know how like old families and dynasties have that like and in the crown it's got this thing of like the curse of the family that's been around forever mm. and all these secrets and all these kind of things that are shameful GWS doesn't have any of that. It's like you're fresh, you get to start again. And so they kind of have this young energy and it is whatever you want it to be and whatever these people make it. Maybe I'm being a massive idealist, but that's kind of how it feels. So, yeah, you get a lot of people who, you know, the great transition I thought was in like 2015, everyone's second team was the Giants. And then over the last sort of three, four years, everyone (laughs) hates us all of a sudden. And I think that's got to do with being a threat. And also, you know, the way we've played over the last few years has been very aggressive um, and uh, a bit broody at times. But, you know, that's kind of... Well, it's it's weird because you're underdogs, for sure. Underdogs in the sense that you're new kids on the block, but you do not present as underdogs in any other aspect. No. The players have a strut about them. Obviously, they're all high draft picks. A lot of them, you know, are, are well-decorated junior footballers. Mm. You're getting pumped in with, you know, AFL cash. So there is this kind of – if you wanted to turn GWS into a villainous team, and I'm not one of these 
like I, I, I hate those kind of parochial Victorian supporters or even, you know, Western Australian, South Australian supporters who are very much like, uh, you know, uh, the AFL just wants to expand and, you know, prop these teams up. I'm like, yeah, fucking do it. Like yeah. I want AFL to be played everywhere. <laughs> like I think it's the best game in the world. And this idea that, you know, um, because they're a new club or, a, or an expansion club that somehow you don't have good football, football people in there, that there's some, you know, hollow husk. I don't think it's true. I mean, Sydney, if you look at Sydney's culture in the last 30 years, like going from when I started taking notice of them was in the early 90s when they were terrible. They'd get like 8,000 people to a game and then Ron Barassi came in and established a bit of yeah. credibility and then they get Tony Lockett. And, and what they were able to grind out, that's kind of like the opposite of where GWS are. They'd started like it's that Bloods culture, that kind of no dickheads policy. Mm. Giants have gone a different route. <laughs> I'm not saying it's an all dickheads policy, <laughs> but it's definitely – They've brought in guys who um, have a strut about them, are used to success and want success. So was that something that attracted you in the first place or was that something that you just started to realise after already being on board? Uh, I mean, at the start, like I just knew that there was going to be a new team in Sydney and that was all I knew. Um, I think it was in like 2010. So you're on board board that early? Yeah, because I think I was in uni and I I was – at drama school and I knew that I would finish it that year and I would move to Sydney at that year. So as soon as I saw the announcement, I was, you know, putting in suggestions for the name of the new team. A- so I uh, <laughs> I did. So what was, me, what was some of your suggestions? <laughs> this is embarrassing, but I went for the um, – I'm not sure if they even have them here, but I wouldn't know that because I was in Perth. But they're called wagtails. They're like those little um, – <laughs> Those little birds, birds that kind of little black birds that sit in parks and just wag their tail from left to right. <laughs> and I thought the West Sydney, Western Sydney Wagtails is a good name because it's sort of that idea of just like, you know, floating around, talking smack. I just thought that was a pretty good idea, but uh, didn't go it with that one. It sounds like a, a kid's animated cartoon, the Wagtails. <laughs> the Wagtails. It would have looked awful next to like the hawks and the eagles and the magpies and the Wagtails. We're just hanging out, having fun. Were there any other names that you can remember? No, I think I think I left it at Wagtails, and sadly, they didn't take my take my advice on that one. But uh, yeah, I think as it grew, you know, because we had players like you know Toby Green would be kind of the main one. But there are a lot of you know we also brought in a few players like that, like Stevie J, who mm. they they're trying to breed in competitive edge into some of these guys. Um, yeah. So well, they I like it. They I mean, what, what, team, what premiership teams win without that? Yeah. I mean, I can't really think of it. Like how many nice teams, you know, it's the unsociable Hawks. It's you look at like, yeah. I think there's a bit of that around and I think it's an okay to, you know, sort of tactic to take it apart. We also have a lot of nice guys in our I mean, team. I was at that Bulldogs um, elimination final last year with Bulldogs supporters and – Mm. watching how they mm. roughed up the dogs and stuff, even though the dog supporters were irate. The quick survey I did at the game's end, all of them were like, oh, well, we'd love a Toby Green or we'd love to play like that. Like, I don't, they didn't walk out of the game thinking you'd cheated or that's the only way you can win. I think what infuriates mm. people is you've got skills, but you're also tough as well, you know? And I think that's – I don't know anyone who dislikes the Giants as being like – you know, like it cheats or anything like that. It, it, to me, it's just more about, uh, you know, they, they hate us because they hate us. Cause they ain't us. <laughs> like that's the. Yeah. I mean, there's a bit of timing with that one as well with the Bulldogs fairy tale and, um, you know, that one in particular, I think there was, you know, the week before we played them and, or a couple of weeks before, I can't remember exactly, but like, you know, the Bont had basically broken Maybe, Nick Haynes, yeah you know, larynx or something like that. So there, there was history there. There was a reason they went out to, um, you know, to get well, him. And they thought that that was the best way to win. So I'm all right. I mean, I, <laughs> but maybe that's the, maybe, maybe the club's turning me into a colder, meaner person. Maybe, well, I no, don't, don't feel so bad. I, I can't name the person, but I have inside word um, from the Bulldogs. And uh, the dislike of GWS is apparently very real. Not a lot of love lost. It's pretty firm at the Giants. We do not, like that's our team that I just we love beating. Yeah, it's because of 20, 2016. Stand them. Yeah, but every time we play them, it's like hotly contested and pretty brutal. Yeah. 
And it, it started way before 2016. Yeah. I yeah. guess it's maybe the midfield thing. Well, not way before. A couple <laughs> of years yeah. Like it's all relative, mate. The league's been around yeah. for 134 yeah. years. Got a cult. Exactly. A- when my dad was playing for <laughs> the Giants in the 70s, they had a massive rivalry. <laughs> So growing up in WA, you said you had um, a, a, a team in Richmond, but you weren't overly connected to them. What about the waffle? Like, were you involved in that at all? Did you take any interest in that? Not really. I mean, Dad played a little bit for West Perth, but um, you know, we didn't. He went on and played water polo right. professionally, so we we kind of didn't. No, the waffle wasn't really our thing. I think it was Claremont actually. I can't like I can't even remember what team he played for. So, um, yeah. No, the waffle wasn't a huge, a huge thing. I mean, I was a big basketballer anyway right. at that time. So, I, you know, like I, I loved uh, watching AFL, um, but you know, the, the Tigers weren't amazing no. at that time, and and yeah, no, it was it was just like the concerted move. Like I was into the AFL, loved the competition, but just didn't have that, you know, desire to have a club. So um, this was kind of the moment. The amazing thing about the way you've, you know, taken to the Giants is I feel like, you know, of everyone I've talked to on this show, a lot of them have been, you know, like multiple decades of supporting, but you've had this like compressed, uh, concentrated burst of fandom of, you know, finding the club and falling in love with them. And, you know, and you have had highs and lows, like you've really done the whole gamut of experiences in a very short time. Was there a player that first won you over? Yeah, early it was um, Canelio. Just he has always been my favourite player. Like he's just a tough WA kid with skills on both feet, and he's just got that kind of you know when he runs, he 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 doesn't take kind of long. Str- he takes like quick small steps. Yeah, I always just really enjoyed it. It looks like kind of like a Mario brother going, <laughs> <I know that's- laughs> but he does. He does. They're like, brrr, and he just I don't know. He just found space and one of those smaller players that just is really tough inside and and kind of stood up in the right moments and and one of those players where you'd be like oh i haven't seen Canelio or then you're like oh he's got 17 touches at the half and you know a bunch of inside 50s but you just don't see him you don't see the work he does so he was kind of my you know he's been my favorite um up mm. until sort of you know we became the captain and you know that's a lot to deal with but there are some cult favorites like harry perryman is just brilliant I love it. Yeah. He's just like a complete farm boy. Um, and I had a chat to him once in the rooms and uh, I think it was after we played Carlton. And, uh, yeah, I went up to him and I was like, G'day, mate, you know, we got introduced. <laughs> he goes, G'day, mate, how you going? He's like, good. He was like, his country's all get out. And I instantly was like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> I shouldn't be in the same room as this bloke. Like, he's just so blokey. And uh, but he was just you suddenly. Yeah, very, very I was like, so what? Uh, what happened? To, what happened tonight? And he goes, oh, they didn't show up, did they? And I went, fantastic. That's exactly <laughs> like, like. Oh, they didn't show up, did they? Yeah, no, nah, we smacked him. It was just like he just loved it, loved thrashing them. Anyway, um, yeah, then them and like Nick Haynes. Yeah, he's a great player. Can't go past him. Just class. Tell me, has your uh, attempt to create a nickname for Harry Himmelberg? How's that? How's that going? You debuted it a couple of years ago as it caught fire. Do you want to tell people what, what you call him? Uh, I call him the disaster artist. Um, no one else does. <laughs> I got a lot of those. Um, what do you want to say? Before you, uh, before when you I'm sitting up, when, I, when, you know, when I do get the chance to sit up in the, in, in the box with, um, you know, some, some people at the club uh, and I yell quite loud a lot of the nicknames that I have and they are just completely confused. So, right, but, well, um, so exp- before we hear some of these names, explain why Harry Himmelberg is the disaster artist. Well, it's just Himmelberg, Hindenburg, <laughs> Hindenburg disaster, the disaster artist. In true AFL tradition, the nickname takes about six steps to get yeah. to it. All right, we were going to call him the room, but we just went, oh, no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it all. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, you put me on the spot now. Um, I should have written them down. No, that's I right. can't remember. Look, you've done. Yeah, not sure. <laughs> no, uh, I'll hit you with them later. So you were talking about, um, uh, you know, Perryman being a cult hero, but I think Toby Green to most outside supporters would be your cult hero because I think every AFL fan, if they were honest with themselves, loves Toby Green. Like... There's just an aspect of well, what's that classic old cliche of you'd love him in your team. 
Like everyone wants that tough, skillful, slightly psychotic Cabbage Patch doll. <laughs> I mean, there's something going on behind his eyes. The crazy thing is, I, like, I know a lot of people who work in football and even journalists and stuff, and they all say the same thing. He's a great guy. Like, he's yeah. one of the loveliest, nicest guys. You'll Tea drinker, make. head kicker. Yeah, he's got, exactly. I reckon he's got the biggest, like, divide from off-field and on-field that I've ever seen in the AFL. Like, you know, all reports are just very chill, doesn't get on his phone much, just reads the morning paper, drinks tea all day very relaxed, watch the sunset and then just goes out and <laughs> builds people. You know, but, you know, like he's who, you brilliant. Know else, he's brilliant. Oh, you know who, who else does that? Just gets up and reads the paper and drinks all day? Serial killers. That is, you've just described <laughs> the day of a yeah, He's reading the paper so he can cut out the letters and <laughs> yeah. send, send death Ransom threats notes. to other teams. <laughs> uh, look, I am a big Toby Green fan and I think it's all part of the theatre of it. Like we need... We need villains. Oh um, yeah. How do you think uh, is? How do you think he's regarded amongst like the supporters? Like, is anyone frustrated by the fact that he gets suspended, or is it not? He's untouchable. I think it's frustrating, but it's he's untouchable. I think someone was telling me at the club that they did a sort of survey of, uh, you know, who were the kind of most popular players amongst supporters. Mm. Like they sent out their supporter um, surveys and all that kind of stuff. And apparently it came back as like 80% of supporters' favourite player was Toby Green. Exactly. And then it was like 10 or 13% Jeremy Cameron and then kind of just under that. Like he's that popular, especially with the kids. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think he's going to be our first kind of when you think, like when you think of GWS, you think Toby Green. So I think that will be, mm. especially now that Jeremy Cameron is gone, yeah. Um, I think who could have been kind of on that pedestal and, you know, played one club player sort of thing. I Franchise think be, player. Yeah, franchise player, Toby Green. Yeah, and he also does, like, there's certain players who seem to epitomise, you know, the qualities of the team. Like, I always thought Matthew Richardson used to epitomise what Richmond were like back in those days, you know, like, could be brilliant but also incredibly flaky but just kind of lovable. And I think Toby yeah. Green is you want to like him, but you're also terrified of him. And I think that, yeah, that, absolutely. that, that, could, that could sum up most of uh, the AFL's attitude towards the Giants. Is I don't think there's a footy fan out there who doesn't love, you know, seeing the orange tsunami or just the, uh, the way those players connect, but you just don't want it to be against your club. Yeah, and I think that's good for us because you know you don't want to be you don't want to be the club that people go oh yeah easy beat you know we like them so I think it's I think it's good I think it's good for our um, club's personality and our narrative. So tell me, there's something that I've been thinking about with GWS that concerns me a little bit, and you would probably have thoughts on this, and I think that we're sort of seeing this start to happen now, which was. I've always thought that, you know, they didn't win the grand final in 2016. They didn't win it last year. And they've been very, very good. And Leon Cameron's record, you know, is not in question and any of that kind of stuff. But the problem is once you get to sort of that 10-year mark and players are dropping off and you're trading out and they've had so many draft picks for so long, but is there enough in this club that if, say, they don't have to bottom out, but they'd have to dip, you know, because they need they need to get draft picks in or whatever – is there enough stability at the club for them to go through that? Like if it's a one or two year thing, then sure. But, you know, sometimes those rebuilds, as a guy who barracks for a team. Yeah, it's eternally doing it. Yeah, 2014 saying road to 2018. I can tell you sometimes the best laid plans. But why do you think GWS is equipped to sort of overcome a, a dip if they have to go through one? Well, I think it's, I would say it's because that's been what we've built our whole club on is draft like developing good draft picks and like top level draft picks. I think that's why every year, like I'm watching the draft right now, but like every year <laughs> you go, oh, the Giants have a couple of top 10 picks or at least a few in the 20, like within the first 20. And it's because the talent that we do get, we develop really well. They turn into good players and then other teams have to come and get them, mm. which is painful, but they come and get them and they give up more picks and future picks and yeah. and then we develop those. So you, you kind of worry that, hey, you'll end up as a feeder club. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like you end up getting picks back and 
the Giants tend to keep the guys they really, really want. You know, like last year, you know, we picked up Lockie Ash and Tom Green, which are really two top three selections. Mm. Um, so you kind of go with those two. Yeah, we lost Cordwell and Haitley, but were they going to get a game with those two coming through anyway? But the toughest one it was losing Jeremy Cameron because that wasn't about money or opportunity. You know, Caldwell and Haitley and the like um, left because they couldn't get a game and they wanted to play and they're top picks. So mm. you understand that. But And Zach Williams was, we're not going to pay $850,000, $900,000 for a guy who, you know, You've got four of them. He's a halfback flanker and he's a really, really good player. Like you'd love to have him, but we're not going to pay that amount of money because we have to pay a premium for other players anyway. So, but Jeremy Cameron's that tough one because that's like your figurehead and Mm. he wasn't going to earn any more money. It was just a lifestyle thing. Um, A lot of these players leave and none of them ever say anything bad about the club. So Mm. I think like long-term, yeah, like I think they're not going to go, oh, we're going to rebuild. It's just going to be, top up, top up, top up for a mm. bit. Obviously at some stage it's going to get to breaking point, but I think I think we've, we've got a good enough list to reset and do pretty well this year. I mean, year. You're, you're right. Other AFL clubs should be grateful to GWS because if nothing else, they are excellent junior talent developers. I mean, St Kilda <laughs> yeah, got, Jack, got Jack Steele from GWS. Oh, my God. I was and so I, annoyed when, <laughs> when we got rid of him. Yeah, well, but that's exactly um, the same reasons. You know, he couldn't get an opportunity. I remember reading about like a year out from when we we traded for him. And so I started paying a bit of attention and I was like, yeah, he's a good player, but look at their midfield. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Where, who's, who's he going to get in front of? And then he would have yeah. had people nipping at his heels as well. You know, he would have had yeah. Tim Taranto and, and Jacob Hopper. He's going, well, how am I going to get a game? So I think Caldwell is probably the same, especially because yeah. he's a little undersized. And, and you know, when he's got... Tom Green, who looks like a jet, um, playing, and he's much, much bigger and and, mm. and looks pretty good. So, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one though because you know it, that's the thing that you read in the media constantly is you know feeder club and draft picks yeah. and blah blah. But the thing is, at the end of the day, they pick uh, players that are like highly talented and 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 then they develop them well. So. That's a good thing because I think, you know, you look at a lot of clubs, they get high picks and they don't necessarily develop them as well as they so. Yeah, yeah, no. You, again, you're talking to a guy. <laughs> I wasn't talking directly at you, but you were in the room. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I do wonder, um, and I'm fascinated, one of the reasons I started this podcast is the culture of a club. You know, the idea that uh, lists can change, administrations can come and go, but there is a culture or a, uh, a you know, like a, a vibe, a marbo to a club that seems to endure. And mm. so if you had to distill it down into, you know, a couple of sentences, what do you think the culture of GWS is? For example, like, you know, is it sort of the, like um, the silver tails like Carlton or is it us against the world like, you know, you know uh, West Coast or what's the vibe of GWS? Good question. I think it's, I think it's a bit like, you know, when you're 16, 17 and you're like, fucking, you've got that Superman complex and you're like, full I'm of, young. Full of piss and, and, and vinegar. <laughs> exactly right. Full of, <laughs> full of piss and liquor. How would you describe your club? Um, no, vinegar, I, th- I think it is that. It's like, you know, the arrogance of youth maybe. Just rocking up and showing yeah. up and doing everything they can to get across the line and sometimes it's enough. But that can't but, last forever because you're not going to always be the youth club in 10 years' time. We will you know, mature into a, you know, an even stronger man. Well, it's actually it's interesting because we're sort of seeing this happen in real time. Like the cultures of these other clubs I've talked about have taken, you know, decades to form and uh, Richmond have completely transformed their culture. You know, 2016 mm-hmm. Rich, was Richmondy, And then now you look at them and it's like, who is this? They're like this kind of, this beast, this kind of, could be a, a new dynasty uh, a football club. But with GWS, I, I'm very interested to see how they go next year because I don't know that – I think losing Jeremy Cameron stings more now, but maybe in the long run this is kind of what you need because if you're on a, if you're on a dip or a downward trajectory, the idea being that, you know, you've played finals, 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 grand final, and then, you know, knocked out before the finals the following year. So some clubs will hold on and try and sort of – climb back up that ladder or someone will get the scalpel out and, you know, say, okay, well, 
let's we'll get him we'll lose him for nothing so let's you know get draft picks now or, or trade for yeah. him or whatever um but what they do with that now because they've lost one of their figureheads will be really interesting because having said that the identity that i think most people give to gws isn't jeremy cameron because i didn't know this until i heard jeremy cameron speak but he's such a country boy like i assumed yeah. he was this kind of like nathan buckley private school perfectionist you know doesn't take failure but you see him talk and he's quite laid back and, you know, loves fishing and no, all that kind of stuff. None at all. All he ever talks about is fishing, just like 100%. I reckon if you went up to him after a game in the rooms and was just like, oh, that was a bloody great game, wasn't it, mate? You'd be, you'd just go fishing, Marlon. Like he'd just start <laughs> naming fish. Like he, yeah, he's obsessed with it. And I think, I think maybe he fished out. Sydney Harbour, and that's why he moved. Cryo Bay, look out. Absolute, yeah, he's just gone, all right, well, I've, I've caught everything in New South Wales, so maybe it's time to make a move. But, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, but he the, 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 I remember when the Saints lost Lockett in 95, that felt like, well, what are we going to do? Like, he's easily our best player. He's a, you know, once in a generation yeah. forward. All the similarities are there. But from that, you know, we were able to go to the draft and able to get like Ozzy Jones and Tony Brown and Joel Smith and we make the grand final three years later. Like it's amazing how, unlike this, I get very emotional every time players retire from St Kilda. Like I remember when uh, Rob Harvey retired, I was like, I'm never going to feel the same about football again. It's like when Lenny Hayes retired, I'm never going to love yeah. again. And I think Ball. it's one of those things as well. We, we, we sort of built this three-headed dragon at, in our forward line and – you know, we lost a uh, you know the the key head, but you know we've we've brought in Hogan, who I think is an interesting experiment, basically plug and play. But I don't know if he will play um, because we have Riccardi, who looks like awesome. seriously good, and is a very different sort of style player than Jeremy Cameron. He, he's not you're really trying to get out the back much at all. Um, he's your sort of lead up jumping. Forward, so um, the, yeah, I think you've have, got two options there. So, do the Giants have much of a history, like the Swans, um, of taking uh, you know GOPs from other clubs and turning them into good role players? Like in the same way that the yeah. Saints got like Dan Butler from Richmond. Are there is there anyone? Because when yeah, I think of GWS, some, it's some I think of like the veterans that you brought in to mentor. But have you been able to draft kind of you know mid age players who've, who've flourished at GWS? Maybe not mid-age. I mean, the one, the big one that we picked up was Matt DeBoer, who, oh, of course. you know, basically got dropped by Frio and picked him up, put him in a leadership role within a year and is just the best tagger in the game at the moment. So you kind of, those ones, I mean, Riccardi last year, was, you know, hadn't been picked up. That must have felt I'm, nice. I'm, I'm on the Riccardi train for sure. <laughs> the the, 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 the uh, GWS like uh, uh, um, uh, admin board must have been like, thank God that we get to poach a player from someone else. Like we got yeah, one with yeah. the ball. Yes. We got one, one back. back, baby. <laughs> yeah, one versus 23, but still. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're just sitting there and surrounded by draft picks, swimming in them going, God, I'd like a player. Be nice. <laughs> So was it was there any time in the very early years when you're getting regularly beaten by ten goals? Was there any point of view that was like maybe this uh, flower is not going to bloom? Maybe I, were you losing interest, or did you always maintain the faith? No, it was always pretty interesting because you you could see the sprouts. You know, like I really like Trelaw, and um, watching the way that Collingwood has <laughs> dealt with him made me go come back, child. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, it's one of those things where you kind of, uh, you know, you could see the sprouts and you could go, oh, they're going to be really good. But we, at that time, we were also playing a very young and, you know, run and gun style play. That, that's where the whole orange tsunami came from. It was like, hey, go out there, run, try and play. We're getting belted the other way, but that's mm. how you learn two-way running a little bit. Now we, we don't really do that anymore. We play mm. very kind of dour defensive football and I think people kind of, think that we're still doing that, but we haven't played like that for a couple of years. Um, mm. And it's kind of frustrating to watch, you know, the way that we won those finals last year was just holding on, holding on, like just defensive structures, flooding back, getting a little cheap goal out. It's not, it's kind of, a lot of people get frustrated with the way that Leon Cameron sort of set it up, but um, you know, 
I think that'll I think that'll change uh, next year because they have to. They've moved some coaches on, and and losing Matty Nix I think was a big one as well. Yeah. So you've made uh, lots of finals, um, made a grand final, but you still haven't won one. So thanks for that. Questions. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Do you think letting Israel Folau go was a big mistake? Look, talking about cultures in club, I just think that we missed out on a huge opportunity with him. <laughs> Like how Rugby Australia messed that up is beyond. If they someone gets that quote, I'm screwed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, no. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. At the time, even with the Carmichael Hunt thing, yeah. I uh, like I like pro wrestling, so I get it. It's a way to sell papers. Oh, it's a way absolutely. We're talking about it, and I think that. Even if you get, if you can knock off like, or get one little column in the Daily Telegraph, you know, about your new AFL team, because Israel Flowers playing, then it was probably worth it. Yeah. I did see him absolutely crunch someone once. So, you know, in that first year, there wasn't much to cheer about, but that, uh, that was pretty cool. (laughs) And the year since, there's been really not a lot to cheer about. Yeah. Well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So. I think I'll know the answers to these questions. Oh yeah, but I have some. I have some things I like to get to each week. So, can you tell me what was your happiest memory with the Giants so far? Do you want to have a ping? The uh, last year's prelim. I'll just Collingwood? check no? the uh, check the yes, that is. <laughs> uh, no, it was great. Like because I was in the cheer squad and I had gotten a couple of extra tickets somehow, and it was a really weird day, and it was sunny. It was sunny, but it was doing that Melbourne thing where the the it's, it's bright as anything, but there's rain kind of coming down sideways, so you kind mm. of have this weird rainbow, and and it was beautiful. Like it was full, um, and we had this like just one lane of giant supporters um, back, mm. sort of three tiers. And they were loud and it was, uh, it was impressive and it was a close game. I actually had a mate with me who had to go see his, uh, had to go see his friend's Melbourne Fringe show and I kind of got the last <laughs> minute ticket. I was like, hey, mate, you know, he's a massive footy fan, Saints fan, and I was like, do you want to come along? And he goes, yeah, yeah, but I, I might have to leave a little bit early. I'm going, <laughs> you can. Anyway, so it gets to three-quarter time and he turns to me and does a cardinal sin. He turns to me and goes, i got to go, but you've got it. And I went, oh, you mother. son of a, anyway, <laughs> then that fourth quarter Collingwood just started coming and I'm texting yeah. and going, I'm going to you. kill you. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> but I was in that, you know, it was great because you had all these like really young supporters and I was there with a friend of mine whose um, cousin plays for the Giants and, you know, I kind of looked at it, I went back and looked at a couple of the videos from that day and um, I, I can't remember the last time I was that happy like just mm. pure joy i can remember because it was the week before against brisbane like it was <laughs> it was unbelievable i turned to the side and there was this guy on my left kind of one row down just hands in his head sobbing like just over in the chair not even looking at everyone, everyone else is partying and the collingwood supporters are all leaving and it's great and he's mm. just sobbing in a you know in a giant's guernsey and i went that's pretty amazing. Like that, that someone, is someone cares that much. Like I thought I was a freak for caring that much that quickly. But, um, you know, mm. there's a lot of people out there that care a lot and it's it's cool to see. Yeah, there's a guy I worked with, a, a, a grip who was a expat Victorian, same supporter growing up, but had jumped on the Giants. And he was so, like you, really um, uh, uh, literate in uh, the Giants world and kind of passionate and was the kind of guy who would track kind of like junior competitions oh, to yeah. the draft picks. Like it was, took it really, really seriously. And that's again, what I was most impressed with when uh, you took me into that game is that at one stage, and I'm not sure if this is a regular thing, but they were putting up explainers for like certain, <laughs> like a decision would get made. And then on the big screen, a little yeah. pop-up explainer would pop up. Yeah. But the crowd was not like, they would, even if they didn't understand what the rules were, they just knew that they would boo the opposition and cheer their team. Yeah. I was so impressed with kind of like how seriously they took it. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, one of my favourite things about home games is we've got this guy where my member seats are that's, you know, just like a row behind us. And every mm. single game, 
without like from the start of when I started going, cause I've kind of got the same seats. He will commentate out loud the whole game and get it <laughs> like getting most of the names wrong, but, but like really giving it a go and not quietly, like loudly for the first two quarters, third quarter, he goes, gets pie fourth quarter is back on, <laughs> you know, and he just sort of eats there quietly, but like, bizarre but we love it we sit there every time yeah. we're like oh he's got no he's no he never gets his name right he's got no idea what number that is but but it's you know it's that kind of stuff which you kind of the the sort of the talk around the stadium's really nice and 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 uh, when other people come out to giant stadium and i take a lot of people out there you know uh to get them involved or when our team's playing against them and mm. not a lot of people go oh no nah, it's a it's a shitty little stadium that, that, you know, why are they even there? Like they always come back going, that's fun. You know, that's fun. You've got a little more space. You're not, you don't have any of that aggro stuff that you can sometimes get. Um, And it's uh, yeah, Yeah. it's a really nice atmosphere. I've made like genuine friends just meeting people at the football. I mean, it's, yeah, that's strange to me. My only only knock on, on uh, giant stadium is that uh, there is no proper hot jam donut stand anywhere. Yeah. I did a lap and it's like, what kind of hell world is this where you can't get a hot jam donut? If I can't buy eight hot jam donuts for under 10 bucks, I can't buy them at all. There's a, there's, a, there's a Zhuzhi cafe there that had one of your fancy bloody coconut encrusted donuts. I'm like, this is, this is garbage. This is what GWS need to get right in their culture, we've, donuts. We've got, yeah, we've got Goslemos, but no, but <laughs> no donuts out there. Um, now, uh, I, I assume the answer to this question is the following week. Um, your most crushing experience with the Giants? Uh, no, it's Bulldogs 2016 was the really? hardest one. Yeah, it was. A, I mean, it was also the best game of football I think I've ever seen. Um, yeah, it was. It was incredible. Incredible, like electric. I wasn't there, which was so frustrating. But um, yeah, that was the hardest one. And the grand final, it was. Um, you know, we'd won quite a few weeks and I kind of got to that point where it's like, even if we lose, it's been a great journey and I kind of got to the end. But that Bulldogs prelim was just, I guess your first is always the hardest. <laughs> but is it something to do with the fact that you felt like if you had won that year, maybe you could have gone We would have won. We would have won, for sure. I, I like, I know that we would have won. We'd smash Sydney um, and we had their number and I just think you know the bulldogs were the ones that were gonna that were gonna stand in anyone's way so yeah that was pretty frustrating but um you know yeah i think the grand final was always gonna hurt if we lost and i but i think yeah i still remember how i felt in 2016 and the close ones but you know we didn't even get close in the grand final really but that it was like i was in a pub in perth at the Giants, I think I told this last time, but at the you know, at the Giants supporter group pub function, but it was actually mm. run by the same people around the Bulldogs one, and there, <laughs> and so I rocked up, and I was the like there would have been two Giant supporters there. They gave me the raffle jersey because no one wanted it, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I I'm allowed uh, as you've experienced. I'm a pretty loud and vocal. You supporter. are. You are. I can ruffle some fe- feathers and, uh, well, yeah, especially it, with the uh, bloody nicknames you keep shouting. Oh, yeah, yeah. The one that I can remember. Um, no, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it just got, it was just painful. It was a painful day. Yeah. It's funny. When I was talking to uh, Titus, um, he's a demon supporter, uh, Titus O'Reilly. And we were talking about like, you know, that, 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 that greatest memory and, and his was a prelim and, and mine was a prelim and, Everyone I've spoken to in this show whose team hasn't won a grand final is a prelude. <laughs> and then you think about being a Hawk supporter, because I haven't interviewed a Hawk supporter yet. But when don't, I ask them, just what's don't, your I reckon. <laughs> Either I reckon. reckon you just leave them. Yeah. What do you need? Like, yeah. Because they just they just can't wait to just sift through all uh, the grand uh, finals. You know what? The, the worst bit is when they just start, oh, this year, this year, this year, this year. You're like, yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. I reckon don't. I reckon 17 teams. <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon um uh do the bulldogs hold i know that, that there's a rivalry with the club but are they your most loathed team because of 2016 yeah i think that was a hard year because it, everyone wanted them to win 
uh, it was the fairy tale. And um, mm. since that point, you know, up until that point that, you know, the Bulldogs, we'd had a few kind of, but it was, it had really sort of started to get going after that. And um, yeah, yeah, the Bulldogs, I don't like them. It, I don't like them. It's funny. I like their support. I like their supporters. I don't mind their team. I just, uh, not something. About. Well, I mean, you know, they only have a few more supporters than GWS, to be honest. It's true. We're catching. We're nipping at the heels. <laughs> yeah. But it's funny. Will's brought up before the idea that you guys should really be friends. I mean, this might be the part of the movie yeah. where you meet and you don't like each other, but then you team up because you're both representing the West of your respective cities, you know, both the working class, you know, migrant communities. Like, you guys should be sharing resources and 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 be best friends, but for some reason, I guess the the the, the league's not big enough for Tuya. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe sort of. Maybe we're sort of twins separated at birth and gone and live different lives, and you just have to uh, come back and kill the other one. <laughs> clones. I don't know. <laughs> Here's something like that. Who's your who's your most hated? Most loathed team? Uh, it's, uh, it's shifted around a lot. For a long time, it was Adelaide, and I think that was a lot to do with after the 97 grand final. And Adelaide had only been in the comp for, I think, seven years, maybe six years. Um, I remember leaving that grand final, and uh, or even before that, when Jarman started going berserk in the last quarter to put them you know, uh, well out of reach of us, their fans started like clapping and cheering and stuff. And I heard one of them say something like um, along the lines of, oh, that'll show Sam Newman. And I remember sitting there dumbfounded and going, is that what this means to you, <laughs> Sam fucking Newman? Like, this is my family's legacy. Yeah. Like, this is this is something I've grown up with. Like, I have I have sweated, you know, red, white, and uh, sweated. I'm sweating blood, bled, red, white, and black for years. And for them, it was just more, we'll stick it up the Victorians. And they just didn't have a connection to just how monumentous that, that yeah. feeling, you know, that, that thing was. And so they became my object of hate for a while. And then just because they were, they had Adelaide, the title, it was Port Adelaide as well. Yeah, fair enough. But I don't know if I really hate any, oh, you know what it is? It's, it's a weird one, but I, I love beating Geelong and I love beating Melbourne. Melbourne, I don't know what it Melbourne. is. It might be just some kicking sadistic. Down kind of <laughs> yeah, kicking someone is yeah. down. But Geelong, I think it's just like um, that should have been us. Like Geelong and St yeah. Kilda in 2006 had lists that were laden with talent, you know, both predicted to go a long way and they got their shit together and we just couldn't. And yeah. I think that there's just, we can't beat them. Like we just, we, we, we never, we never seem to be able to beat them. I think that's, I think now that I'm sort of thinking about it a little more, you know, the Bulldogs on field, I I hate them, but really off field, they're, they're not the worst and their fans aren't the worst. It's more, you know, those big clubs that, that you know, like Collingwood that you just, you, you love to hate and, and going to those prelims and, and dealing with them. Like the Brisbane fans were great. I mean, they were yeah. happy about it, but the Collingwood fans were um, yeah, there's something know, there's something rough. weird though about being treated nightest. I remember going to a game at Subiaco, and there's a similar situation to you where I walked in. It was like the Eagles president's lunch, and I was like the only St Kilda <laughs> person there. So I made because I walked in in a suit, and then realised I had no paraphernalia. So I ran down to the merch table and got myself the most ostentatious like St Kilda merch yeah, to put on. Has to be done. And um, and sort of uh, and sat amongst all them, but they were lovely but part of me was like oh don't do this because they yeah. were smashing us it was 2014 when we finished last and i was like i don't need your condescension i would rather that we were like throwing barbs at each other than this like oh no he seems like a good player and you guys are showing a lot of spirit like i don't want to hear any of that shit yeah it's always funny with those uh with those rooms and and when you're in sort of uh, an area that's sort of speckled between different um different supporter groups because there's sometimes you're in one where the banter is good and there's a few barbs, yeah. but it's all in good fun and everyone's having a good time. Yeah. But you know, in that prelim and stuff like that, it just was like, we had this couple behind us, this Collingwood couple just losing their minds at, you know, these kind of kids yeah. getting up and dancing. And then they, and then they, you know, at some point they vomited and walked away. And I went, <laughs> I've, I've never seen anything on Collingwood in my life. Just got really uppity, vomited, bailed. Fantastic. Wow. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> That's football, baby. Uh, I'm going to finish with one question that I ask everyone. 
Um, and I don't know. I'll be, I, I normally can guess uh, from talking to one of my guests which way they're going to lean, but I'm not sure with you. So if GWS were to fold for some reason, if they not to merge but to actually fold, do you think you could find another club and move on? Or do you think you'd maybe step back from football a bit? Uh, both teams. What do you mean? Richmond as well? No, do I lose the, the women's team as well? Uh, no, no, women's can stick around, just the men's. I'll just follow the women's, I think. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And so what And what would your relationship to the men's competition be? I mean, I, I watch a lot of NBA and other sports and I don't have teams. Like I don't have a team in the NBA. I've watched it my whole life. And I've just never had that kind of real drive and connection to one team where I've gone, oh, I'm a 76ers guy. I'm a Boston guy. Like that's who I am. But I kind of have that with this. So I don't. Yeah, I don't think I could. All right, well, I'm not like I'd follow it. I wouldn't. Let, let, I wouldn't support another team. I'm, I'm, I'm coming in. I'm closing down the women as well. <laughs> you what? Eighties. I'm eighties. I'm some eighties businessman villain. Yeah. And the, the men are gone. Yeah. The women are gone. So GWS is no more. What do you do? Yeah, I. I it's a, nah. Nah, I'm out. Really? I'd probably be no, out. I'd probably be out. I'd watch. Yeah. I'd watch games. I like it, but I'd be out. I like it. I, I can see it now. You speak with conviction. It makes sense that you wouldn't. It would also you? piss me off to no end. I'd be like, oh, man, I can't even think about how furious. I've, I'm so annoyed every time there's like North Melbourne, like they're like, oh, get rid of them. All this kind of, same with Gold Coast, oh, just fold it. It's not working. It's like good things take time to build. Yeah. Like people coming in and going, oh, my club's got all this heritage and heritage. I was like, yeah, where do you think that comes from? You've got to start somewhere. You can't just jump on something else your whole life. So, yeah, no, I think, I think I'm think i so deep into it. Um, you know, I'm constantly getting teased by my girlfriend because I she, she notices how often during the day I'm just Googling GWS giant. <laughs> She's, first she's, she's like, she oh, you're jealous, just Googling your like, team, are you? And I'm like, oh, fuck, I was. And so I've gotten around it because I've just set up Google alerts. Bang. <laughs> Done. Don't have to handle it. I mean, I'm laughing, but I was busted uh, last night Googling my team. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I haven't heard anything in a few weeks. I just want yeah. to see if there's any uh, I was like, oh, maybe press before the, the press. What, what's, their dra- what's their draft strategy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I need to know. But it's kind of shameful because you kind of – when you you don't think about it when you just start chucking to Google GWS Giants and then she, when she points it out, are you googling just the t- name of your team and looking at new? Yeah. I'm going, well, yeah, I do this like five times a day. Anyway, yeah, but isn't it? It's weird though. Like, there's never been more football info or content online mm. than ever before. Like, it's it's crazy. But I'm the same. Like, I, I thought with like you know shows five nights a week. Uh, you know, podcasts, uh, you know, every team has a great digital department that sort of does updates. I, I thought that there would be too much information. Turns out there's not. Nah. That's why I loved as well with the giant stuff, all that. Like we, we just jumped on the the meme train at the right time. Like there's so much material, yeah. Giants material out there. Maybe it's a younger demo. There's a lot going on. The, I mean, that is actually something worth noting. The big, big sound. Oh, like... That's the kind of thing that could make your club. And I'm being 100% yeah. serious. Stuff Toby Green. Is, We're going the meme team, baby. Yeah, but there's a lot of affection for that meme and it sort of does give your club a fun identity. Like yeah. every time you guys play finals again, that meme is going to come back. out. And it's like, the, yeah. it's like the yellow and black. And it's funny too because the moment I realised that song had something was after – the Bulldogs lost last year when you beat him in the elimination final. I was catching the train back with Will and there was quite a few doggy supporters around. <laughs> and I was just like humming. And then everyone started doing yeah. it as well. And it's like, yeah, it's actually a really fucking catchy song. It slams. It's a, it's a, it's a fantastic, you can, yeah, you can just start it anywhere and people just start jigging. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a great place to finish it. Alex, um, before we go, any predictions for the G- for the Giants in 2021? Uh, yeah, Premiership. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, right. think, I think we're actually, I, I think we're well, I think we're well placed to go deep into finals. I think like we yeah. had a, a tough year as far as uh, some, I don't, just don't think we dealt with the, the lockdown very well at all. I think we've got a, 
built a culture around a sort of center and, and people's families, um, kind of creating their own routines in Sydney and we play really well at home and in Canberra. And I think if we get that back um, and mm. got a little bit more to prove uh, after oh, last yeah. year, I think I think if the bodies can stay right, we'll be decent. We'll be decent. Intr- intriguing. I'm not sure I 100% agree with you. I, I, I look, I'm not sure I 100% agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, always an optimist, so... Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Alex, thanks very much. Thanks, mate. We are two guys, one car.